the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The Patriot is WWTC. AM 1280, The Patriot is WWTC, Minneapolis, St. Paul. FM 107.5, K298CO, Minneapolis. Intelligent Radio. With SRN News, I'm Greg Clugston in Washington. Former President Barack Obama used an online commencement speech this weekend to criticize some U.S. leaders overseeing the coronavirus response. He told graduates that many officials aren't even pretending to be in charge. Arriving at the White House from a weekend away at the Camp David presidential retreat, President Trump was asked about Obama's comments. He was an incompetent president. That's all I can say. Grossly incompetent. The economic fallout from the pandemic continues. J.C. Penney has announced it has filed for Chapter 11 bankruptcy protection. The retail chain says more store closings are likely. Israeli Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu finally swore in his government today. The Knesset, Israel's parliament, passed a vote of confidence in Netanyahu's new administration. This is SRN News. Dennis Prager warns of over-isolation. If there is a second wave, which seems to be the consensus of most people involved in these things, everything that is being done now will make more people susceptible to dying in a second wave. By keeping people inside for months and no contact with others, the immune system is weakening uh, in people. The Dennis Prager Show, weekdays at 11 on AM 1280, The Patriot intelligent radio we know a significant amount of you are working from home these days so we just want to remind you it's as easy as ever to tune in and listen to the patriot we're on iheart tune in radio.com our website our free mobile app and even your smart speaker just past four o'clock sunday afternoon let's take a look at your twin cities forecast from the great plains windows and doors weather center we got showers all day long and we'll hit a high of 57 and we got the victory hour with andrew parker coming up next right here on the patriot am 1280 the patriot limitless access to intelligent talk stream am 1280 the patriot with our free app your smart speaker or with iheart tune in and radio.com we live in the twin cities but serve worldwide relief factor pain relief that's natural pain relief that works and pain relief that attacks the source of the pain i come from the doctor's clinic this morning 28 staples out of my knee and i am not taking painkillers why because i don't need to i'm taking relief factor yes it's a triple dose but it doesn't have any negative side effects and i am doing just fine thank you very much that's the experience of tens of thousands of americans who are taking relief factor right now see their incredible video endorsements at relieffactor.com and then order your three-week quick starter pack for just 1995 that's less than a dollar a day that's truly remarkable to be liberated from your pain for less than a dollar a day find out if it can work for you like it works for me by ordering your three-week quick starter pack today go right now relieffactor.com relieffactor.com this is your opportunity to be the next success story Let's welcome Jeremy Camp. Hope comes home with I Still Believe. You can download it now at WatchSalemMedia.com. From the creators of I Can Only Imagine comes the uplifting true life story of Christian music megastar Jeremy Camp. I'm supposed to be with her. I can't explain it. I just know that. Jeremy's hope and faith are put to the test when tragedy strikes. You're going to be healed. What if I'm not supposed to be healed? I Still Believe is an incredible story of musical stardom, the heights of love, the depths of loss, and the healing power of the human spirit. One love can change your life. You chose willingly to walk into the fire with her. That's what love is. Witness the true story of Christian music star Jeremy Camp and his journey of love and loss that looks to prove there is always hope. Starring K.J. Appa, Britt Robertson, Gary Sinise, and Shania Twain. Own I Still Believe on Blu-ray, DVD, and digital now from Lions at WatchSalemMedia.com. That's WatchSalemMedia.com. Think you can't afford life insurance? Think again. 
you might be surprised at how affordable it can be. 80% of Americans overestimate the cost of life insurance. Maybe it's time to swap a few small expenses for some big peace of mind. Life insurance can protect what matters most, and it's the right thing to do. Let's talk today. For details, contact Pamela McCarthy, agent at the Pam McCarthy Agency, Inc. Call 651-460-3333. American Family Life Insurance Company, 6000 American Parkway, Madison, Wisconsin, 53783. AM 1280, The Patriot, and iHeartRadio. They go together like the Liberty Bell and its crack. Listen at iHeart.com or with the free iHeartRadio mobile app. The views expressed on the following program do not necessarily represent those of this station or its management. It's time now for a smart plain talk regarding politics, Israel, and the law. This is the Victory Hour with Andrew Parker of Parker Daniels Keyboard. Wise counsel, winning results. Now, here's your host, Andrew Parker. I'm impressed with my attorney, Bernie. I'm impressed with his influential friends. He's got very big connections. It's Sunday, 4 o'clock. And what does that mean? It means it's the best hour in radio over the week. It is the Victory Hour. I'm Andrew Parker of Parker Daniels Keyboard, premier law firm downtown Minneapolis. This week will be no different than others. As we bring you Smart Plain Talk, we're going to talk, well, we do each week, politics, Israel, and the law. This week, focusing on COVID-19 and the politics of the United States and the underpinnings of our political philosophy here in the United States and how the fabric of such thought is being tested. No question about it. The question we will ask today, when does individual choice give way to the collective, give way to our social contract one to another? Some would say it never does. Uh, Libertarians are uh, on that side. I, I overstate when I say never. There are uh, certain examples, certainly. Uh, John Stuart Mill uh, writing of it uh, in terms of liberty in his great essay and book on liberty. Uh, But uh, the time in which individual choice does give way is few and far between. Others on the other end of the spectrum say um, gives way very easily and in fact always. And I overstate when I say always, almost always, certainly. And uh, there you would talk about Marx and Hegel in much more of a uh, communal communist philosophy. And then there are many in between. That is the fight that is going on today as we talk about opening up, not opening up, etc., I'm going to talk about uh, the economy and the devastation because it is not as if there are no costs associated with remaining closed, that there are no costs associated with closing in the first place, where in Sweden they did not. In South Dakota, while they took precautions, uh, they did not. We'll look at both of those examples, we will look uh, again, look back as we have over the last few weeks at Georgia and the reopening there as well. Today, we're going to have on the show to talk through some of the realities, the numbers and the realities of uh, health care delivery in the United States and the economic uh, pains that we are feeling Resulting from closure, Dr. Scott Jensen from our very own Chaska, Minnesota, who has been on a number of national broadcasts. He is a family practitioner, also a faculty member at the University of Minnesota Medical School. He is also a state senator for District 47 out in the western suburbs, living in Chaska. Next week, by the way, 
make a note with your number two pencil and your yellow pad. Uh, Scott Johnson will be on the show next week. Uh, Award-winning blogger created uh, the Powerline blog, one of the top blogs in the country perennially. And I believe the uh, award winner for top blog in the country uh, right uh, as, as the first award winner. And those awards were being given out, as you may recall, claim to fame. The Powerline blog uh, scooped the story regarding Dan Rather a number of years ago. And Scott Johnson right in the middle of it. Scott now has been writing about different models that are being used at the state of Minnesota to cause the state to continue its lockdown, although it has been eased now starting tomorrow in Minnesota and more so on June 1st. Uh, uh, But many say that uh, based on the numbers, it's it's, uh, been too long. Others say it, it shouldn't open up yet. So we're going to talk next week to Scott Johnson, a Powerline blog about Minnesota and the Minnesota model. So before we bring uh, Dr. Jensen on uh, the show today, let's, let's look at where we sit. We have economic devastation, nearly 40 million people out of work and having filed uh, unemployment compensation claims. Numbers uh, greater uh, than even the Depression as we reached and surpassed uh, those numbers. We have uh, pushed out into the economy some $7 trillion uh, that uh, have, have basically been given away or provided for to keep the economy uh, afloat. Uh, and we're now talking about another three trillion uh, in the mo- in the most uh, well the latest package. And what does all of that mean? Well, first off, it's not good for our kids if we care about that. Of course, people have been talking about debt and deficit for a long, long time, and both parties ignore it. They just do. So apparently, uh, there is no consideration of what the future generations we are leaving to. There, there is quite a bit on the, by the environmentalists and climate change folks, and you know, they care a lot about that, but they don't seem to care about these trillions of dollars uh, as it, they keep uh, being printed. And what is that going to impact? It's, it's unprecedented. It is un- We're talking about 90% of our entire economy being pushed out into the economy in dollars in just a few months, a couple of months. It is unprecedented. And so the inflationary pressures that we are going to face and we are starting to face are going to be astronomical. What else does this do? Well, uh, you know, five. it is now reported that five times more kids in the United States, are below the poverty level and are going hungry on a daily basis than prior to the shutdown. Food stamp program, way up in numbers, way up beyond anything ever that has ever happened. This sort of shutdown hurts the poor and minority populations the worst. And it seems to me it is being given short shrift in that regard. Oh, it's not as if there isn't real risk on the other side of this coin, and that is COVID-19 not having a shutdown. But suicide, drug use, alcohol use, abuse, domestic violence, all way up in numbers. And people are given no choice in living with this, dealing with this, shutting their businesses, many times generational family businesses, shutting them down, sometimes shuttered, never to reopen. And they are given no choice. 
the individual choice, the freedoms that this country was founded on have given way to the collective. And oftentimes, not oftentimes, in the rare occasion, that is necessary. And the question here is, is it, has it been necessary here? Under the initial models, it certainly appeared to be. They were talking a million dead, et cetera, et cetera. And those models have now all proven to be wrong. And when you look at, and we're going to, toward the end of the show, look at South Dakota and Georgia and a little bit at Sweden as well. Uh, you know, should we ever have been following those models? I am not, I am raising those questions because of what has happened, the shambles that we sit in and the despair that many have. Because that question has to be raised. And we're going to take a sober look at it on the other side of this break with Dr. Scott Jensen. And he's going to fill you in, not just in a five, six minute interview where he's got to give sound bites. We're going to delve into in a little bit more detail about what he believes and why. Because my understanding and my reading of what he has written, he's got support for his views. And we'll talk to him about that a little bit. See what you think. Give us a call at 651-289-4488. We're our live 1280 AM, The Patriots. You can follow us on Facebook. You know, comment to us as well. I'll try to get back to you in the breaks or even following the show. Live stream. We'll be right back. I miss you already. Go to parkerdk.com. AM 1280, The Patriot. Mark Twain once quipped, A lie can travel halfway around the world while the truth is still putting on its shoes. When you are lied about and it spreads, the resulting mayhem and destruction can be, and often is, disastrous. Hi, this is Andrew Parker, co-founder of the Parker Daniels Keyboard Law Firm. I recently handled a high-profile defamation lawsuit on behalf of a luxury home real estate agent whose business was decimated by falsehoods spread about him. After nearly two years of litigation and two weeks of trial, the jury came back with a verdict of more than $2 million for our client. Parker Daniels Keyboard. We litigate cases, we try cases, and we win cases. With a record of excellence in achieving extraordinary results, Parker Daniels Keyboard lawyers have consistently won huge verdicts for its clients in the areas of defamation, civil rights violations, regulatory battles, and intellectual property theft. For wise counsel and winning results, contact us at Parker Daniels Keyboard, premier law firm in downtown Minneapolis. If you could do one thing that changed you forever, would you? How about something exciting and extraordinary, a bucket list item with years of memories packed into 10 days? Make 2020 a year you'll never forget and join me, Sebastian Gorka, and my friend Mike Lindell on the Stand with Israel tour this December 2nd to 11th, journeying through one of the most politically and spiritually significant places in the world, and you'll see over 40 iconic sites straight from history. Register at am1280thepatriot.com. How do you define strength? Is it physical? Or is it mental? Maybe it's both. Maybe it's whatever empowers a person to dig deeper, fight harder, and overcome obstacles that once seemed insurmountable. Discover how much stronger and more confident your children can be. Encourage them to participate in a sport when they go to high school. This message presented by the Minnesota State High School League and the Minnesota Interscholastic Activities Administrators Association. Is a verbal contract really only as good as the paper it's written on? This is Andrew Parker from the Parker Daniels Keyboard Law Firm. I recently represented a client in a claim for unpaid compensation. He was promised payment of $1.8 million in bonuses. His employer refused to pay, citing no written contract. We went to work. After investigation and litigation, we won the case and recovered $2.3 million for our client. Our experienced trial lawyers at Parker Daniels Keyboard have secured major victories in state and federal courts across the country. We have legal expertise in all types of business disputes, labor and employment matters, real estate matters, and financial transactions and appeals. 
For wise counsel and winning results, contact us at Parker Daniel Skiboard, a premier law firm that provides efficient, aggressive, and innovative solutions to complex legal problems. Go to ParkerDK.com. You know that it would be We are back. You know it is the victory hour. I'm Andrew Parker and uh, we're joined by Jose Feliciano today. Yes indeed. The best in whatever genre we have for the week. It's foundational. It is fundamental on the victory hour each week and many of you uh, tune in only for the bumper in and out and you have to suffer through the dulcet tones of Andrew Parker and espousing sometimes conventional, but other times crazy ideas. That's enough. Put down the mic. Yes. You are a rude, terrible person. Yes, indeed. And uh, I will say, conventional is oftentimes, well, sometimes crazy. And that is uh, something that I fear that we are going through as we speak. The question that we raised a few weeks ago is, what would it take for the masses to change their behavior in concert just by being asked to do so? What would it take? Well, in this case, a a pandemic driven by fear, fear based on actual science and numbers and data? We would hope so. And we're analyzing that as we go. There is no certainty even as we sit here. But we should not lose sight of looking at the issue. And that's what we're going to do uh, now with Dr. Scott Jensen, who has been kind enough to join us On the Victory Hour, Dr. Jensen received his medical degree in 1981 at the University of Minnesota. He was a Bush Fellow of Leadership and Policy Studies at the U in 1999, founder and president of the Catalyst Medical Clinic in Watertown, Minnesota, family physician, also an associate professor, clinical associate professor at the University of Minnesota Medical School in the Family Practices Department, and a Minnesota State Senator. So uh, in somewhat of the unique position, although there have been others, both in Congress uh, at times and in the state legislature, who are doctors as well as uh, senators, legislators, decision makers, public policy decision makers. Uh, And uh, Dr. Jensen is one of them. He was elected in 2016, and he has recently uh, announced... Uh, that uh, he will not be running again in 2020. I guess not that recent. Doctor, thank you very much for joining us on the Victory Hour today. Thank you, Andrew, for having me. So, you know, it struck me as I've seen you on a number of uh, the national broadcasts and I have looked at what folks have written, many casting you aside as being a fringe a player who has no business speaking out on such subjects, others uh, supporting you as somebody who is being a check and balance on uh, what, I don't know, I guess would be considered conventional wisdom, even though uh, it may not have a lot of support. Let's talk first about data. Um, What I am reading is that the number of corona deaths are being calculated based on if you die with corona as opposed to the question if you die due to corona. Is is that an issue and how are the numbers uh, coming out and what do you think are driving the numbers that we're seeing in terms of corona-related deaths? Well, I think that this is going to end up going down in the record books as a real kerfuffle. Uh, and I think it started, uh, it was like March 25th, the World Health Organization came out with some advice as to how they wanted things coded. 
And then on April 3rd, the Minnesota Department of Health sent out a communication to physicians, and in it, it encouraged physicians to review the document and to link into a document from the CDC that would provide more in-depth advice. I know that for me that sort of set off alarms because I've never been really, if you will, advised as to how to complete death certificates by the Department of Health or the CDC in response to any specific disease. We have influenza epidemics and we've had outbreaks and pandemics before, and I've been doing death certificates for 35 years. So that right away got my attention. And I think I called that out. And I think perhaps on April 7th, I was on a TV news program with Chris Berg and he really highlighted one specific aspect of it, indicating something to this effect. You mean that there might be more COVID-19 deaths reported than we actually know or something like that? And I said, yes, I think there could be, because we were basically being advised in Deborah Brooks, had also, Dr. Deborah Brooks had also said this, that if you have COVID-19, regardless of whether or not you died of it or due to it, it was going to be coded as a COVID-19 death, and I protested right away because with this pandemic, it's absolutely clear that there's going to be lots of damages, lots of problems, lots of money spent, and there's going to be a lot of support from federal and state governments, and they're probably at some point in time going to do it based on COVID-19 cases and deaths. And so I did sound the alarm, and I was surprised by how quickly those discussions went viral, but I was also real surprised at how vehement people oh, got. Yes. Physicians were upset. I mean, physicians came at me from many states and said, it how was dare ugly. you question my ethics? Yeah. yeah. But it was nice too, Andrew, because I did get phone calls uh, from physicians around the country also saying, we know exactly what you're talking about nice and hear. we appreciate your honesty. Yeah. So, you know, I think one thing a lot of people don't realize is there is a thing called upcoding and there is a thing called unbundling and both of these are mechanisms whereby uh, physicians clinics hospitals nursing homes can get paid more yes and it's not illegal it's just being ambitious a little bit like when you do your taxes uh, a lot of times we're we're encouraged to be ambitious but not fraudulent yes so i think that there is a little bit of uh perhaps a little bit of righteous indignation that could have maybe been held in check but it wasn't so things did get pretty ugly and you know and the, doctor, the, the important the, the important thing about this is this isn't just data being produced for a think tank to write a paper this is data in which enormous public policy decisions are being based upon and this data exactly needs right. to be accurate if it is greatly overcounting you know, that's a problem. Many are saying it's undercounting because people die and they don't know whether they have corona or not. And they never, you know, they don't uh, check for it. I don't know if that's true or not, but it sure makes Andrew, sense. I think that is per- yeah. I think that is true. I think that without question, the cases of COVID-19 are undoubtedly being undercounted because for every laboratory confirmed case we have, we're pretty much aware of the fact that there's probably... 10 to 100 more cases that haven't been identified. The Santa Clara study indicated 50 to 85. Uh, Some pocket studies in Massachusetts found uh, 50% more. I think there was another one that indicated there were 85 for every laboratory confirmed case. So there's no question we're undercounting cases. The question is, what are we doing with the death certificates? And in that situation, it's all dependent upon whether or not you're utilizing presumed or probable cases which in those situations, you are not required to have a laboratory-confirmed test. Or if you're going with COVID-19, which is a, a coded by U07.1, that says, I have a laboratory-confirmed case. And then if that matches up with the symptoms and the presentation of the patient, that's a solid COVID-19 death certificate. And that's what we should be. That's what we should be recording. Sure. And then the other one should be, if you would put in a separate bracket and saying probable, and that's what uh, Minnesota is doing now. If you look at the dashboard in Minnesota, they have it two different ways. And they have a little asterisk saying these are our probable ones, and those are going to continue to research. But no question, we are undercounting cases. And most states, I don't think are, are well, I don't think any states are necessarily doing, intentionally doing anything right. wrong. It's just that sometimes there's a bias that might creep in. Yes. And, you know, when you when you look at this and you're talking about mortality rates of this disease and you're assessing 
the dangers, the death dangers related to this disease, they were talking about 3.5% mortality rate uh, early on in this process. Now it looks more like 0.5%. Even lower, 0.2 to 0.5 is uh, a a lot of different studies. And you're absolutely right. These numbers are so critical that one of my big complaints about the whole process is there's been very little effort on the part of the media to provide a context from which patients can understand what we're talking about. If we talk about having 15 or 20 people die of COVID-19 every day in Minnesota, that's alarming. But if we then talk about... Typically, every day in Minnesota, we have 130 people die. Yeah. Then people say, oh. And then if we say, well, and if you look at the flu epidemic in 2018, we had 450 people die of that in Minnesota. And it was over a relatively short period of time, such that we were probably having somewhere between five and 10 people die every day for a couple, three months. So I think when you start to look at context, then I think patients, and, or excuse me, um, citizens can start to say, okay, I get it. Yeah, no, that's exactly right. The context of it, looking at the numbers, uh, a, a friend of mine and I uh, put together some background numbers. The total number of people in the United States that have died with coronavirus, died with the virus, that were not in nursing homes, this, as of middle of this week, was 35,000. That means approximately one in 10,000 people in the U.S., not in nursing homes, have died with the virus. Not died of the virus, but died with the virus. So if you put 10,000 marbles in a jar and one discolored marble in the jar, and you said, do you want to you know, pick from this jar uh, whether you're going to live or die, or do you want to pick from this jar over here whether or not you're going to have a job or not? And in this jar, it's 10,000 marbles, but it's about 1,500 that are discolored, that you're out of a job for a long, long period of time. Which jar? Do you, you know, I mean, these are the kinds of choices that people can start to look at. We're going to be right back with Dr. Scott Jensen talking further about the coronavirus, the real risks related to the virus, the choices people need to make, and ultimately how fear can drive public policy. Stay with us. Go to ParkerDK.com. We'll be right back. AM1280, The Patriot. How can you protect your company's most valuable proprietary information? This is Andrew Parker of the Parker Daniels Keyboard Law Firm. We recently represented a local manufacturing company in an employment lawsuit. Our client learned that a longtime employee was leaving the company to join a direct competitor. The employee intended to help the competitor develop an automated manufacturing system that was a copy of our client's system. The employee did not have a non-compete agreement with our client. We nonetheless filed suit and brought an immediate motion to prevent the employee from beginning work with the competing company. We won, and the employee was prohibited from working for the competitor. Parker Daniels Keyboard's attorneys have been advising companies on employment law matters for decades. And if you find yourself in court, our attorneys are some of the toughest and most experienced employment trial lawyers around. For wise counsel and winning results, contact us at Parker Daniels Keyboard. Go to ParkerDK.com. Investment advisory services offered through Sound Income Strategies, LLC, an SEC-registered investment advisory firm. During difficult times, it's important not to be frozen by fear or complacency, thinking that Congress, the Fed, or your current financial planner will fix the impact of the pandemic on your retirement savings. The bottom line is no one else is going to care about your retirement the way you do. It's time to stop crossing your fingers and toes, hoping for growth, and reset your retirement for income using interest and dividends. Call 888-888-4176 now to learn how the Retirement Income Store can help during these uncertain times. 888-888-4176. We'll send you our Retirement Income Kit with five educational tools, including David Scranton's best-selling book and a no-obligation call with an income specialist. 888-888-4176. The Retirement Income Store, where retirees go for income. Call 888-888-4176 now. 
Mark Twain once quipped, a lie can travel halfway around the world while the truth is still putting on its shoes. When you are lied about and it spreads, the resulting mayhem and destruction can be, and often is, disastrous. Hi, this is Andrew Parker, co-founder of the Parker Daniels Keyboard Law Firm. I recently handled a high-profile defamation lawsuit on behalf of a luxury home real estate agent whose business was decimated by falsehoods spread about him. After nearly two years of litigation and two weeks of trial, the jury came back with a verdict of more than $2 million for our client. Parker Daniels Keyboard. We litigate cases, we try cases, and we win cases. With a record of excellence in achieving extraordinary results, Parker Daniels Keyboard lawyers have consistently won huge verdicts for its clients in the areas of defamation, civil rights violations, regulatory battles, and intellectual property theft. For wise counsel and winning results, contact us at Parker Daniels Keyboard, premier law firm in downtown Minneapolis. Quebró la calma y el silencio en ruido se volvió. We're back. It's the Victory Hour. I'm Andrew Parker, and we are talking public policy as it relates to when individual choice gives way to the collective, when our social contract must take over, and for the common good, individual choice jumps in the back seat. It's what we have seen over the last couple of months, quite clearly. And boy, has that had impact. Suicides, drug use, alcohol use, domestic violence and abuse, child abuse, all way up. Five times more kids going hungry each night than before this shutdown began. That cannot be ignored. And that sets aside, which cannot be set aside, 35 to 40 million people out of work. Bankruptcy, Neiman Marcus, JCPenney, many other companies, smaller, small businesses. Shuttered, never to reopen. Anyone looking at this from the outside would say, well, there better be a colossal reason for this and many would say there is I remember when this first began I uh, was uh, talking to a good liberal friend of mine and and he uh, said to me he said boy this is one where Donald Trump had better be listening to the scientists they need to be making the decisions here Well, let's uh, do a little report card, kind of a midterm report card here on the scientists. And I want to do that with our special guest, Dr. Scott Jensen. The scientists, how have they done? Let's see, uh, Dr. Fauci, January 17th, and again on February 24th, used the, the phrase, well, this is not going to be that serious. He said that. On January 17th, he said China has been transparent. China was saying no human-to-human transmission. And, you know, I'm not blaming Fauci. I'm just saying this is where he was at. On March 12th, he said no masks. No masks needed. Now, I was just in the grocery store. Everybody is wearing a mask. And, you know, I, I don't know. Maybe, maybe it is necessary. I don't know. Does it hurt people's immune system by, by now doing what we're doing? Uh, you know, I'm, I, I'm not sure. Maybe the mask is necessary, and if you don't, you're a complete jerk, and you shouldn't be out in public. And for you to do it, you're putting everybody else at risk. I don't know. Listening to Fauci, I'm, I'm, I'm just not sure. Could it be that everyone wearing masks keeps the fear issue alive? When you see everyone out there wearing masks, it reminds you, oh, yeah, we're in a, I, I don't know, Dr. Jensen, what do you think? How have the scientists done so far? Well, I think I think one of the things I've tried to bring to the table is I am no epidemiologist. Uh, while certainly my, my life career has been in the world of science, 
I think I've been trying to focus on presenting facts and trying to present a certain transparency, but perhaps most importantly, because I am a physician in the trenches and I'm down at the Senate, I think I can help connect the dots. And I think I did that with COVID-19 death certificates. And I think that I've protested uh, in terms of some of the violations of private health information with addresses of active COVID-19 homes being submitted to 500 different law enforcement agencies around the state. And I think that's a clear violation of our privacy as well as uh, HIPAA. But I think in terms of masks, that's another one. A lot of people don't really have a context within which to understand masks. We could just do, let's just do this real quickly. We'll just do a little mask uh, experiment or a uh, study. What's the smallest thing that you can see with your naked eye? Well, it's uh, probably a speck of sawdust or the diameter of your hair. Well, the hair is 100 microns. Uh, a speck of sawdust is 50 microns. A lot of bacteria are five microns. Five microns is what your cotton and surgical masks can start to do something about in terms of filtration. So when you're wearing a, a surgical mask or a cotton mask, you're talking about possibly being able to reduce the amount of viral of particles that are five microns. Well, what do we have to do with COVID-19? We're not talking about five microns. We're not talking about 0.5 microns. We're talking about 0.1 micron, which is tiny, tiny. You see that only with an electron microscope. With a five micron thing like a bacteria, you can see that in a regular microscope. So even an N95 mask is only able to filter 95% of particulate matter that's greater than 0.3 microns. And as I mentioned a moment ago, Viral particles are 0.1. So even the N95 mask is far from the best. That's why some measure of social distancing, not touching your eyes, nose, and mouth, is really important. Whether or not six foot is the magic number, it remains to be seen. We've seen studies from all over. Some people in Europe, they oftentimes set a meter. But this idea of the mask has been way overblown. Well, and that's why Fauci and, yeah. No masks at all. And all of a sudden now, not, yeah, like you right. said before, if you're not wearing a mask, you know, you're putting someone else at risk. And it's, that's right. it gets crazy. Yeah. And that's why Fauci was saying, you know, no masks. That's not going to, it doesn't make sense. And anyone who knows the science, as you've just described it very well for our listeners, uh, knows that, you know, it, it doesn't make a lot of sense, which is why there was no call for it. If if we we knew this was from the time it was human to human transmission, if the mask would have worked, it would have been the first call immediate. And, you know, Fauci, uh, he backed off that. Let's go to another important issue. Uh, and that is, isn't the idea here, I know everyone's talking about, well, until we get a vaccine, uh, all bets are off. This thing's going to be closed down and we might be able to open a little on the fringes. That's it. But the vaccine is it. And it could take two years, could take longer, who knows. But isn't the idea, or shouldn't it be, getting antibodies? Isn't, I mean, you know, they're talking about, I don't like herd immunity, but but like a population immunity. And you don't get that by shutting people in their house, do you? You're absolutely right. The battleground really for this, this virus, for COVID-19, is our own immune system. And that's why it makes far more sense to quarantine those people that are at risk. You quarantine people at risk. You don't quarantine people that are at minimally at risk. I mean, Chris Ersman from the Minnesota Department of Health said herself that 99.24% of people that died have either been in long-term care facilities or they've had significant comorbidities or pre-existing diseases. So we really need to take a step back and say, we're talking about a respiratory virus. Now, I'll grant you that this COVID-19 has a certain predilection for attacking viciously a very small group of people. Yes. And we don't understand it. And we're learning a lot as we go. But if you look at the overall picture, uh, at the end, the fatality rate of 0.2 to 0.5 is going to have somewhere between one out of 200 to one out of 1,000 people passing from this. And in that case, um, we're literally imploding our economy uh, for something that literally we're going to see again and again. We are not going to be able to live as we 
used to, where you think that maybe an epidemic or pandemic would come through every 10, 20 years. This is going to become routine because we're an international society. Globally, we're connected. We move all around. This is, unfortunately, part of our new normal, and we may as well start to understand the context of it. One out of 100 Minnesotans die every year. People don't realize that. One out of 100 Americans die every year. Well, let's look a little closer at that number. You're absolutely right. So far, as of today, this afternoon, 722 deaths in the state of Minnesota resulting, I can't say resulting from COVID, but with COVID, because that's how we're counting it, 722 deaths, but 128 per million is what that number is in the state of Minnesota. 128 per million, which is about 1 in 10,000. Now, if you just count those who are were not in assisted care facilities, it's 1 in 50,000 Minnesotans. And that's the statistic here. I'm, you know, yeah. I'm not saying, you know, any death is, is terrible and everyone, you know, says that and believes in, it, in that. But <laughs> we're shutting down because of it. So it, it's when you put your statistic, when you put your statistic on top of the fact that one out of 100 Minnesotans die every year. Yeah, that number is incredibly small. It really is. And uh, it, those are just facts where, you know, you, you can you can make public policy from those facts and you can disagree about what the policy should be. But let's have the facts out on the table so you know that when you decide to take policy X or policy Y, you know what the repercussions are of that, and you better have a very good uh, good reason for it. Dr. Scott Jensen uh, uh, I will be jo- uh, staying with us through this break for a little bit more discussion on the other side, and uh, we're going to talk about, well, I want to talk briefly about whether the kids should be going back to uh, school And I want to see what the future is for Dr. Scott Jensen. Stay with us, 651-289-4488. Give us a call. We'll try to get you on if we have time. We'll be right back. AM 1280, The Patriot. Mark Twain once quipped, a lie can travel halfway around the world while the truth is still putting on its shoes. When you are lied about and it spreads, the resulting mayhem and destruction can be, and often is, disastrous. Hi, this is Andrew Parker, co-founder of the Parker Daniels Keyboard Law Firm. I recently handled a high-profile defamation lawsuit on behalf of a luxury home real estate agent whose business was decimated by falsehoods spread about him. After nearly two years of litigation and two weeks of trial, the jury came back with a verdict of more than $2 million for our client. Parker Daniels Keyboard. We litigate cases, we try cases, and we win cases. With a record of excellence in achieving extraordinary results, Parker Daniels Keyboard lawyers have consistently won huge verdicts for its clients in the areas of defamation, civil rights violations, regulatory battles, and intellectual property theft. For wise counsel and winning results, contact us at Parker Daniels Keyboard, premier law firm in downtown Minneapolis. If you could do one thing that changed you forever, would you? How about something extraordinary? Set a clear new vision for yourself this year and join Dr. Sebastian Gorka on the Stand with Israel tour this December 2nd to 11th. Journeying through one of the most politically and spiritually significant places in the world, you'll see over 40 iconic sites straight from Holy Scripture. Reserve your spot today. Register at am1280thepatriot.com. Timeless wisdom, encouraging proverbs, and powerful promises. At BibleStudyTools.com, we aim to provide the best free resources for knowing the Word of God and applying its powerful truths to your life. Use BibleStudyTools.com's daily Bible verse for inspiration as you start each day. Find powerful verses on more than 300 topics that relate to your life's challenges and needs. Verses to encourage your soul, lift your spirit, and strengthen your faith. Visit BibleStudyTools.com. That's BibleStudyTools.com. Did your employer make you sign a promissory note when joining the company, and now you want to leave, but you're afraid your firm will pursue you personally for that debt? This is Jesse Keyboard from the law firm Parker Daniels Keyboard. I recently represented a client who had signed such a note. 
and I was able to get them out of their $500,000 debt to their company, which allowed them the freedom to exit a bad employment situation and enter a much better one. Meeting our clients' objectives is our focus at Parker Daniels Keyboard, and in this regard, we win. Our experienced trial team of lawyers at Parker Daniels Keyboard have secured major victories in state and federal courts across the country and through arbitration. We have the legal expertise in all types of business disputes, labor and employment matters, real estate matters, shareholder disputes, financial transactions, security issues, and appeals. For wise counsel, winning results, contact us at Parker Daniels Keyboard, a premier litigation law firm that provides efficient, aggressive, and innovative solutions to complex legal problems. Wise counsel, winning results. Go to ParkerDK.com. We're back. It's the Victory Hour. I'm Andrew Parker, and we're talking to Dr. Scott Jensen, who has uh, looked with a sober eye at the facts, the underlying numbers, the facts. He's used his uh, medical background to assess And we've been talking about it uh, over the last couple of segments of the show today and whether or not the the individual choice has properly given way way to the collective in the situation of COVID-19. I do raise for everyone, shouldn't we have had a focused task force regarding protecting our elderly? and poured whatever money it took to protect our elderly, knowing what we know about this uh, disease. Because if you look at the charts that are out now, those in assisted care facilities in states around the country, as a percentage of all of those who have died of COVID, are in the 60%, 70%. And in Minnesota, the number one state in the country, where those in assisted care facilities by percentage have died at 81% of all deaths in Minnesota in assisted care facilities. Yet, we have not taken care of our elderly in that regard. In New York City, it was perhaps the worst set of decisions by the mayor and more so by the governor in New York City with decisions to put uh, COVID-afflicted folks into nursing facilities uh, and to introduce COVID into those facilities. It's, it's something that has not been explained as of now. Let's talk for a minute, Dr. Jensen, about the other side of the age spectrum. What about our kids? Unlikely to catch COVID, uh, even less likely to have uh, death, any sort of death response uh, to it, yet they are not in school and there, uh, in most states, no plans to bring them back. What are your thoughts? A couple things. When it comes to the pediatric population, I think we do need to, if you will, draw out the fact that while 0 to 20-year-olds do extremely well with COVID-19 and do not appear to be in any particular risk for passing from it, we are seeing Again, a very small group of people who have almost a hyperimmune response, and we've seen a dozen kids or so uh, in the New York area and maybe up to 100 kids worldwide between the ages of predominantly 5 and 15 that have had things that look like Kawasaki's disease or toxic shock syndrome. So that's being studied even as we speak, and I've had to speak on a couple other radio programs about that. But that's really not the disease itself as much as it's a hyper revved up immune system response but that's a very small group of people so now we talk about you know far and away the kids and school and sweden never stopped them from going school and other uh, states and countries are starting to say okay we've got to get them back in school i think with the transmission that this disease displays i think we absolutely should plan on having kids back in school in september and i think that not doing it might feel comfortable as a knee-jerk reflex, but we have no idea what's happening in the immeasurable things that are going on. What's happening to kids who fall behind and don't have reading for six months at a time when they're six to 10 years of age? And what's happening with these kids when they grow up in an environment of fear 
And what's happening to these kids with their anxiety? How many suicides are we going to see in the teenage population? Because we know that's upticking already. So from my perspective, as a person who's delivered 500 babies, taken care of kids for 35 years, and been on school board for 10 years, I don't think there's any question. We should be planning to bring kids back, get them into schools, let local communities do what they do best. They can take a lot of common sense measures to make this work. Well, it's right on point. And as I talked about at the top of the show, what the shutdown has, who, who the shutdown has affected most is the poor, is minority communities. Who kids not going to school is affecting the most are the poor and kids in minority communities. Sometimes you will have parents who just are not equipped to handle education at home as they are in other communities, uh, but, but uh, a, a lot of times they're working uh, and they're in essential uh, uh, manufacturing or other related jobs and they are working because it's the only way they can put food on the table. Those are the ones getting hurt the most. And, you know, I don't understand it. I will tell you that, uh, you know, the blue team on this one seems to be falling down. They seem not to care about that other than to throw trillions of dollars at the problem, which is always the standard issue, not caring about what is going to happen on the other side of that coin, not caring about the inflation and the impact that that sort of inflation is going to have on those same poor communities. It is wrong. It is absolutely wrong. And as I have said a number of times, people say, how'd you go from being such a liberal to a more conservative fiscal policy guy? Well, I'll tell you why, because I care about the poor. And fiscal conservative policy helps the poor. And liberal conser- uh, po- fiscal policy certainly doesn't. It's been proven over and over again, and this is just another example of it. Dr. Jensen, I want to turn to a question to you now about your future. Uh, you know, you really have been a spokesman of common sense. People want to discard you. They want to assail you, and they have, certainly, Many who say, well, if he's got that view, he must be a crackpot right-wing nut and, you know, we can discard him over here. No, we're not doing that. We are looking at the facts of what people say and what you're saying makes a lot of sense. What are you going to do with that? I mean, you're not running for the Senate anymore. I know you'll continue your medical career, but uh, uh, you've got a lot to offer. Well, thank you very much, Andrew. I appreciate it. Quite frankly, I have been told by many people that I am going to do this or I'm going to run for this, and I've never said that. Right now, I have no intention of running for any elected office in the near future. And I uh, honestly, uh, family needs come first, and uh, I have my sixth grandchild coming in a couple of months. I enjoy my medical practice immensely. (laughs) Thank you. And I enjoy my my, my, uh, medical practice immensely, and my my wife and I – we're both 65, and we've been blessed to have grandchildren. Well, we've got uh, we've got the chance to do some things that we want to do. So I don't know what the future holds, and I, I know I'm. Uh, people say, "Oh, you're just saying that." Quite frankly, I've already taken steps to start to close out my campaign funds and things like that. So I think a lot of people said, "Oh, you'll hold on to this." No, I think I'll close it down. If if I think the good Lord wants me to do something down the road, you know, I hope he hits me off, hits me on the backside of the head with a two by four because I'm a little dense sometimes. <laughs> I don't know. I just, I just don't know. But I sure appreciate your asking, Andrew. But I have absolutely no intention of running for well, what you are in the foreseeable future. Well, I'll tell you, thank you. Thank you very much for speaking out. Thank you for coming on the Victory Hour as well. And uh, all I can t- uh, all I can say is uh, here's one guy who. Uh, is speaking out not for personal accolade or for personal benefit, but because he knows of what he speaks. He is sharing his common sense and thoughts about it. Uh, He is studied in the discussion, and uh, it's a pleasure. I mean, it's a pleasure, uh, uh, and it's fresh air for uh, uh, the hurly-burly of policy discussion. So thank you very much, Dr. Jensen for being on the Victory Hour, and I hope to talk with you again soon. Thank you, Andrew, and please be well. Take care. You as well. Well, I'll tell you, uh, we're going to keep following Georgia and South Dakota. I'm not going to have time to get into those two states. Suffice it to say, they're beating up on Minnesota. 
Be with us next week when Scott Johnson will be with us. Powerline blog. Until then, stay well. Have a great week. Until next time, he leaves you with these words from Winston Churchill. All the great things are simple, and many can be expressed in a single word. Freedom, justice, honor, duty, mercy, and hope. AM 1280, The Patriot. Whoa, look at all these options. You could fill an entire warehouse with all the different ways you can stream The Patriot. Top shelf choices include am1280thepatriot.com, our free app, and radio.com. We are there, day one, with baby names and a gift that lasts a lifetime. We are there, as you grow, protecting you and those you love. And we are there as you start your next chapter. We are with you through life's journey. We are Social Security, securing today and tomorrow. Get to know us at socialsecurity.gov. Produced at U.S. taxpayer expense. Hear the top voices in conservative radio on your Amazon smart speaker. Now streaming AM 1280 The Patriot. Intelligent radio. Just ask Alexa to play The Patriot Minneapolis. That's 